are tons of podcasts on the internet where the host is underqualified. This is not one of those podcasts. Mark Skelton has a bachelor's in psychology, a master's in clinical mental health counseling, and currently working on his doctorate in clinical psychology. And he has over 10 years of working in the field of psychology. Qualified. Qualified. If it's mental health, psychology, empowerment, and self-improvement, he knows his stuff. During this show, you'll learn about general topics of psychology concepts and theories. Everything from neuroscience, psychology of fear, brain foods, psychoanalysis. What is therapy? What is depression? This is The Skelton Report. And this is your host, Mark Nathaniel Skelton. Brian, welcome to... The Skelton Report podcast for the people. Start off by checking in with you, see how things are going. Hope all is well. Remember, every day above the ground is a good day. You know, things my way, I'm feeling pretty good. I am about to be done with this first year of studies. It has been a challenge and a journey and all that good stuff, you know, but then today, God is good. Um, you know, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, you are our honored guest. Thanks for joining us. And if you're returning, you know, uh, appreciate the love and the support. Um, today we're going to be talking about, uh, strokes. Okay. Um, how this came about was by a number of routes You know, in my clinical neuropsychology class, we're talking about different uh, neurological conditions, you know, which is just $50 words for, you know, brain conditions and diseases. And one that I will be presenting on along with a very, very good colleague is going to be the stroke, strokes. And so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about that. Um, seeing that, you know, it has some of the neuropsychology background to it. Um, it's something I'm studying right now. And um, just want to remember my father, the late, great Dr. John D. Skelton Jr. It's my hero. Uh, he was a chemist and a great, great man. And um, unfortunately, um, a stroke is the way that he passed. So, you know, it's sentimental, it's it's personal, it's something that I think is uh, very important for us to know. And so we're going to, we're going to dive right into the topic. A lot of uh, the information that we're getting is from the American Stroke Association, the Center for Disease and Control, the CDC, Um, studies, class, and, um, other sources and those I'll put them down in the description. So we'll just kind of launch into this. I want to kind of talk a little bit about what strokes are, give you a description of the disorder. Then we'll talk about um, what do we have? You know, the symptoms, how strokes can affect you, you know, some of the changes that may come, some of the, some of the stats with it and how you can prevent and treat it. So let's get started. 
Now, some facts. To start off with some facts. Basically, a stroke is, the, the medical name is a cerebrovascular accident. Cerebro, we break that down. Cerebro is just relating to the brain. And vascular is speaking about vessels and blood veins and or blood and veins, etc. It's more commonly known as a stroke and is derived from the Greek word meaning to strike down, which is pretty appropriate for um, those who have um, suffered from this condition. It's a rapid onset of neurological symptoms that is caused by a disruption of blood flow to parts of the brain. The World Health Organization says it is the second leading cause of death and the third leading cause of disabilities. CDC states that anyone can have a stroke. I thought this is interesting. This is something I found out, even children. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but over 800,000 people have a stroke yearly, resulting in 150,000 deaths. One out of four people have a recurrent stroke, and that means they've had a stroke before. This isn't their first time having a stroke. So, you know, about 25% of people um, end up having another stroke, unfortunately. There are several factors that contribute to the risk of having a stroke, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So, what is a stroke? I know I've heard, I've grown up hearing it. I don't know if you've, you know, heard the phrase, had anybody that you know personally family, loved one, or friend or associate that has suffered from a stroke. Once again, we can see it's it's pretty common. So let's just uh, break down a description of what it is. And by definition, once again, by the, the ACA, or the ASA, rather, uh, blood vessels that carry blood to the brain from the heart are called arteries. And basically the brain, that's what you need to understand, is the brain needs... Uh, constant supply of blood and uh, basically oxygenated blood with other nutrients to help the brain function. So, you know, oxygen is like oil for the, for the brain, basically. And basically there's these specific arteries that go to different areas of the brain. And the stroke occurs when one of these arteries to the brain is either A, blocked, or B, burst, right? And it can be blocked by plaque, fatty substance in the wall of the artery, or a blood clot, right? And that's why it's very important to watch what we eat. And so as a result, part of the brain does not get the blood that it needs, um, so it begins to die off. And when cells, neurons in the brain die off, this is what we call an infarct, an infarct, I-N-F-A, RCT. And so, you know, just think of your, your brain kind of like a media system. You know, you got all these cores that go to the TV, the surround sound, the DVD system, the PlayStation, you know, all these different gadgets and devices. And you know, you have wires that go to them. It's, it'd be like the wire cutting off or the wire getting cut or there being a shortage in it. When something like that happens, of course, the device at the other end is going to is going to malfunction it's going to mess up and that's basically what happens with strokes when the the arteries and the veins get clogged or burst so let's go into the under the hood a little bit more and 
understand that there's different types of strokes. Right? And it's important to note, and I'll, I'll speak on it later, that it's very important to where the stroke occurs in the brain. Okay. So we'll hold on that. Put that on ice. But right now, the A of this is ischemic strokes. These are the most common type of strokes. 60 to 70% of all strokes are ischemic strokes. And these are the ones that when the artery of the brain is blocked. Okay. And just, you know, FYI, there's two types. So underneath the ischemic stroke, there's two types of those. Embolic and thrombotic. So embolic is when the blood clot or plaque fragment forms and usually uh, in the heart or in the large arteries leading to the brain and then moves through the arteries to the brain. And in the brain, the clot blocks the blood vessel and leads to a stroke. And 20 to 30% um, of ischemic strokes. So the out of all the ischemic strokes that happen, 20 to 30% of these are embolic. Now, the majority of them, 75% of ischemic strokes are thrombotic. Okay. And that means this is a stroke is a, is a blood clot that forms inside an artery that supplies blood to the brain. The clot interrupts blood flow and causes a stroke. So that's that type. So the ischemic stroke, I'll repeat that. Now the, the B of this is the second type of major stroke is the hemor hemorrhagic stroke. And this happens when a blood vessel is in the brain and bursts and then spills blood over into other areas of the brain. High blood pressure and aneurysms can make blood vessels weak enough to burst. So a little, we'll talk a little bit more about aneurysms a little bit later. So basically, there are different types of hemorrhagic strokes as well. All right. But these account for 10 to 20% of all strokes are hemorrhagic strokes. So once again, there's a difference of spilling um, a cup of punch in the house versus out on the patio. And that's how we can make the distinction between the two different ones. There's the intracerebral hemorrhage and then the subarachnoid hemorrhage. And so the intracerebral hemorrhage is basically, you know, I don't want you to get lost in the weeds, but this is when, uh, this is the kind of stroke when the, the, the burst of the blood vessel occurs within the brain tissues and the subarachnoid hemorrhage is the one where the blood vessels burst near the surface of the brain. Okay, so in between the brain and the skull area. And I said uh, aneurysms earlier. These are, so aneurysms basically lead to strokes. And an aneurysm is, is a basically a weak spot, so we're learning class, on the wall of an artery. And it bulges out into a thin bubble. So think about a balloon. It's basically what an aneurysm is like on the vessel. It gets bigger. And when it gets weakened and the larger it goes, the more likely it is to burst. And when, when it bursts, basically what's the blood on the inside leaks out into the brain. All right. So that's what aneurysm is. And then there's a third type and it's called a TIA, a transient ischemic attack. And these are what are called like mini strokes and silent strokes. And... If an artery in the brain or one that goes to the brain is blocked for a short time, 
blood flow slows down or stops and this can cause this type of of stroke and basically I've heard it this way it's a stroke that didn't finish okay all the way and these can cause you know numbness paralysis of the face loss of vision um, so it can affect your occipital lobe area the back of the brain it can cause trouble speaking you know stro strokes in general um, difficulty speaking and understanding others so this is affecting your areas of speech in the brain the Broca and the Wernicke's area and then um, a loss of balance and coordination so back where this where your cerebellum is and your parietal lobe so more towards the top of the head as well and um, these are these are the three major type of strokes that you're going to see when you think of stroke now the symptoms um, we see um, from the CDC states that the five there's five most common signs and symptoms of a stroke so before we go there we're going we're gonna to recap basically you know you can have a stroke from your veins being blocked all right then you can have a stroke from your brain um, vessels bursting so brain vessels blocked it's, it's ischemic and the hemorrhagic is when the the vessels in the brain burst open and blood pours out into the area the, the surrounding area also for for those type the the bleeding type of strokes um, the mortality rate is high typically as uh, 35 to 52 percent in the first 30 days of after having a stroke and the third type is basically a mini stroke a stroke that didn't finish all the way so when you have these strokes depending on where it occurs um, there's five main signs or common signs and symptoms of a stroke occurring this is sudden numbness of weakness of the face arm or leg sudden confusion or trouble speaking or understanding others sudden trouble seeing in one or both eyes sudden dizziness trouble walking or loss of balance or coordination and then sudden severe headaches with no known cause those are the five major symptoms and I believe it might be a good time to insert this if a stroke happens there's this acronym called FAST ACT FAST F-A-S-T and that means these are the signs if your face begins drooping this is the F you know if your face begins drooping uh, the CDC says try to ask the person to smile does one side droop that's how you can notice that arm that's the a arm weakness are right, you you'll know a little better if you ask the person to raise both arms and does one drift uh, downward it means if their arms are kind of weak then potentially a stroke could be occurring if their face is drooping their arms are weak s is speech and they're having difficulty with the speech i ask them to say a sentence is is the words blurred and t if, if you see this drooping face face drooping f arm weakness a and the speech difficulty s then it may be t time to call 911 and so that's a pretty common uh, acronym that a lot of the major organizations and authorities on the subject say to keep in mind it's called fast so f a s t if you see face drooping arm weakness speech difficulty it's time to call 911 so these are the symptoms 
So I think this naturally flows into after a stroke occurs, how does it affect someone? Well, you know, it affects different dimensions of the human experience, um, cognitive, your cognitive abilities, the way you think, your behavioral, you know, the way you act, your emotions, how you're feeling, your mood. All these can change with association after a stroke. Um, you may have emotional and physical changes, you know, depending on the amount of brain damage and the part of your brain that was affected. Um, some common problems are pain, fatigue. So you're just feeling tired of thinking. Once again, it goes back to your cognitive abilities, your memory, right? You may have trouble um, accessing certain memories and, uh, you know, or even learning new ones. Depression, low mood, um, losing interest in things that you once had interest or desires in. Personality changes. This is something I have experienced in my uh, own personal experience um, so personality changes that could be result because once again you got to understand different areas of the brain all right different structures of the brain deal with certain functions I always use the the uh, like a video game controller you know when you press X it's like jump circles to do this to spin you know triangles run or everything has their own and so there's different areas of your brain you know, your directional pad, turn left, right. There's different areas of your brain that control certain functions in your, your body. So, um, sleep problems as we continue, seizures, seeing, and uh, controlling your, your bladder or bowels or moving parts of your body. Um, so, let's talk about some of the physical changes and medical changes. So those are more, the ones we just named, they're more in the arena of your mental game. But this one is more on, you know, physically. You know, once again, we have from the ASA that the human brain has different areas that control how the body moves and feels. And when a stroke damages a certain part of the brain, that part may not work as well as it did before. This can cause problems with walk, walking, speaking, seeing, or feeling. Um, and there may be challenges with basic daily living activities, self-care, you know, bathing, eating, dressing, swallowing, all that. Um, because there are, and we're about to see now, what I'm learning is called contralateral features, all right? So maybe um, it's located, if you have a stroke on, on the right side, meaning if you have a stroke on the right side of the brain, it can affect the left side of the body. And the reverse is true, stroke and on the left side of the brain can affect the right side of the body. That means it's contralateral, has contralateral features. So remember what I said earlier, it all depends on where the stroke takes place. That's very important. Was it in the front of the brain? Was it in the top area? Was it on the left, on the right side? Also, I'm, I'm learning very, um, it's very important too, the brainstem. Those are some of the most fatal and dangerous stroke areas is if a stroke takes place in the brain stem because that's where all your they would call maybe your primitive um, functioning takes place meaning you know the area for that regulates sleeping and breathing and digesting all those type you know very primitive functions so when you hit that area it's like the filter it's like it, it, it affects a lot of areas and you know comas and all that can result so let's talk about this a little bit, the sides of the brain. 
American Stroke Association, that a stroke on the left side of the brain affects the right side of the body. And you may experience some of the following. So if it happens on the left side, you may have difficulty with speech and language. And that's because the left side seems to be more associated with these areas of speech and language and speaking and comprehending when someone's speaking to you. So that's more on the left side of the brain. And that's why if you have a stroke on this side, you may have areas, uh, problems in these areas. Also, inability to read, write, and learn new information. I know this area deals, depending on where it you know, deals with the recognition, recognizing certain things. So when you, and, and uh, last but not least, you have impaired ability to do math or to organize reason and analyze things. So typically this is common. This is what's seen in individuals that have a stroke on the left side of the body. Now we take a look at the right side, I mean on the left side of the brain. Now if you take a look at the right side of the brain, it affects the left side of the body. And when this happens, it shows that there's problems with depth perception or directions such as up or down and front and back an inability to be creative such as painting a picture or to create appreciate art and music and failure to recognize the emotion in someone's voice so you know you lose a little bit of your emotional intelligence when you have a stroke on the right side of the brain once again depend depending on where it occurs that's why some people lose you know mobility in their arms or maybe their left arm because a stroke happened in a certain area um, on the right side that that controls uh, the muscles for moving your arms or your legs so just keep that in mind epidemiology data let's move into that so what are the different preferences and group differences that we see now these stats are from the cdc and it says that someone in the United States has a stroke every 40 seconds, every four minutes, someone dies of a stroke. I mean, I know we read the numbers earlier about the 800,000 yearly, about, it says about 610,000 of these are first, are new strokes. All right, also strokes reduce mobility in more than half of stroke survivors age 65 and older. Once again, stroke is a leading cause of serious long-term disability. Age-wise, stroke risk increases with age. Now, that may not come as a surprise, but strokes can and do occur at any age. In 2009, 34% of the people hospitalized for stroke were less than 65 years old. So that's a little more from what we, a uh, little more information from what we shared from the introduction, some of the facts about strokes. And about race and ethnicity, it seems like stroke is a leading cause of death for Americans, but the risk of having a stroke varies with race and ethnicity. Um, those stroke deaths rates have declined for decades among all races and ethnicities. One stat shows that Hispanics have seen an increase in death rates since 2013. And I also want to highlight that the risk of having a, a first stroke is nearly twice 
as high for blacks as for whites. Um, and blacks have the highest rate of death due to strokes. So there's an organization, and that's another reason why we're talking about this. I think it's very important not to perpetuate and keep it going, but I want to create awareness so that we can start making the change that needs to take place so that this doesn't occur as much or as often. Now, the National Brain Health Center for African Americans goes a little more in depth on strokes in African Americans. It states that African Americans are proportionally impacted and affected. This is also the case when it comes to stroke. So, chronic diseases, period, so long term diseases and health concerns we're suffering in. But when it comes to the minority communities, especially African-American population, it says already has a high, higher rates of disease like diabetes and heart disease, both of which increase your risk for stroke. So when you have diabetes or heart, risk or heart disease, both of these increase your risk for a stroke. I'm going to say that again. Diabetes and heart disease both increase your risk for a stroke. According to the CDC, African-American males are twice as likely to have a stroke in their lifetime compared to white men and are 60% more likely to die from stroke. So, we don't end on this note. There's hope. Prevention and treatment. How can we, how can it be prevented? Um... The CDC says you can take several steps to reduce your risk, right? Eat a healthy diet. You know, that's why I mentioned the, the, the diabetes and the hypertension, all that. You know, you got to keep healthy. Once again, Leviticus says it, life, life of the body is in the blood. So keep your blood healthy, first of all. Tips on reducing saturated fat in your diet are available at the CDC. Uh, they got a division on nutrition, physical activity, and obesity. Uh, maintain a healthy weight. If you want to learn more about where you, you should be, once again, the CDC has um, a healthy weight website and includes information and tools to help lose weight. Physical activity. You got to get out. You got to get moving. Do some cardio work. Do some lifting. You know, play some sports. Take some walks, ride some bikes. Um, it's about to be summertime. There's no excuses. We can get out and uh, make some moves for our health. So we have to be physically active. That's a tip that they have. Also, the CDC physical activity website. All right. So give you some more information on how to be active. Don't smoke. All right. Yeah, actually, um, did a little a little video on that as well about how cigarettes and the nicotine and all that and its addictive properties and how it can increase your risk of a stroke. So you got to keep that in mind if you're smoking a cigarette, smoking cigarettes, and you're looking for another reason to quit or cut back. Hey, here goes one right here. You don't want to increase your risk of uh, having a stroke. Limit alcohol use. CDC's uh, Alcohol and Public Health website has more information on that. And prevent or treat other health conditions. Wow, you know, I you know I did a, a presentation in cognitive effective class talking about ho homo ignorance, um, 
deliberately choosing not to know. And there are times where that is beneficial and there are times when that is detrimental. So it's not good. And these are one of those times when it's not good to decide not to know. We need to know our status of our health conditions and we need to treat them. You know, in other words, don't put your head in the sand and act like things are going to go away. You got to take care of your body. You got to take care of your temple. Right. And um, it's very important. Once again, how you're eating, how you're living, um, you know, go to the doctor, get checkup and uh, see where you're at so that we can cut back on this 800,000 that occurs in a year. All right. So I hope that was a blessing for you as it was for me. You know, we just talked about some facts, you know, what strokes are. I hope you have a better idea about what a stroke is, the different types of strokes, um, symptoms, the fast, you know, the face, arm, you know, speech, time to call the police or 911, you know, how, how strokes impact you and what are some of the results and some of the, the demographic information. Um, yeah. So listen. Keep me in the prayers. I'll do the same for you. You know, got got the finals times coming up, so I got to jet, got to do some studying. But um, I will catch you on the next go around. Maybe try to get you some more information that's helpful. And uh, be sure, you know, to check out the website www.skeletonneurocounseling.com. You can join our listserv and you know get a little information on some brain facts and just content on neuroscience, psychology, mental health, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, just check me out at skeleton under at skeleton underscore neuro. And uh, yeah, be blessed. I'll catch you. Peace. You've been listening to the Skeleton Report. Mark is an expert in mental health, psychology, empowerment, and self-improvement. This show is informative about science, research, and literature within professional psychology. If it's neuroscience, psychology of fear, brain foods, psychoanalysis, diving in depth about therapy and depression, and speaking to stigmas and issues within the minority and church communities, it's all here. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you got some practical and useful information we'll be back soon but in the meantime follow us on twitter and instagram at skeleton underscore neuro check out the website at skeletonneurocounseling.com and if you have questions or comments email mark at skeletonneuroscience at gmail.com till next time this is the skeleton report signing off for now